And I just sat down every single day and I wrote in my journal and I just started spitting ideas. Yell dental aesthetics, Miel dental, Mel dental studio. I just wasn't really sure. And I just kept going back to Miel. And I was just like, you know what? I have to do this. I have to open my own practice. So I started writing out like every single detail, what I wanted the space to look like, how many operatories I wanted. Am I going to hire a consultant or am I going to do this on my own? Do I need to look into loans? All of those things just came out of 2020, which is insane. And I still have that journal with all my ideas, the floor plan, what I wanted the space to look like, everything. I drew everything out. Now, in today's episode, it leads a question. How can someone open a successful practice despite everything seemingly going wrong? And today I am privileged, absolutely privileged to have Dr. Melissa Torres on the podcast. The grit and determination behind Miel Dental Aesthetics Practice is amazing. And she's joining us in an intimate conversation about her journey to fend off external and personal challenges. I mean, if you know who Melissa is, or maybe you've been following her on Facebook or Instagram, you'll know she's had setbacks, but she's had some humongous, humongous personal challenges. One, I'm just going to mention right now at the beginning of the intro right here, the podcast, she lost her husband. She lost her husband in a, in a major unexpected way. And so Melissa has an inspiring story to share. Having opened her, her dental practice in the middle of a global pandemic, she did it. But what's more, she achieved this while dealing with the profound sadness in her personal life. And then also the discussion flows around the critical role that social media played in building her patient base and how defining her brand kept her focus during a chaotic period. I mean, Melissa's professional side as an entrepreneur is revealed through her strategy towards setting up her business, banking on the expertise of a consultant and forming a fresh, eager, and enthusiastic team, even though they lacked experience. In this episode, you're going to expect to hear about her trials, tribulations, and triumphs. And you'll learn about her resilience in the face of personal tragedy and how she draws strength from her passion for her work and the hard lessons and wisdom that life has taught her. And so I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. This has been a long time coming, this, this episode, especially me wanting to get Melissa on as a guest to record. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but Dr. Ashley Dawson, that's her best friend. Melissa Torres is her best friend. And so Ashley was like, hey, you got to get her on years ago. And I've been trying and trying and we made it. We're here. <laughs> so it's an exciting episode and I'm happy for you to listen to it right here on The Dental Marketer. This is the Dental Marketer Podcast, where we teach you how to effectively market your dental practice. My name is Michael Arias, and my mission is to help you, the practice owner, to grow your practice, attract new patients immediately, and be seen as the go-to dental office in your community. Also, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Dark Horse Tech, and they're giving you the first month of service for free. Now, what does that include? Well, number one, unlimited dental-specific remote support on all technology in office. Two, managed backup and disaster recovery system, five minutes or less recovery time. Three, managed anti-ransomware and antivirus. Four, managed firewall with intrusion prevention and advanced malware protection or an AMP, so you guys are protected like crazy. Five, Microsoft Office 365 encrypted email system. 
Six, secure remote access with two-factor authentication, so 2FAs. Number seven, full computer security and update management. Eight, full computer monitoring and activity logging. Nine, complete office vendor management. So they're going to call your software slash hardware providers for you to integrate everything, which is fantastic. And guys, these features and services are required to be HIPAA compliant. So you need all of this anyways, but it all comes included in their deal, which is the first month of service for free. Dark Horse Tech is amazing. They're on it. They truly provide the best service for you. And just listen to what some of your colleagues and practice owners are saying. Don't even look anywhere else. Don't waste your time. If you ask anywhere on Facebook, they will agree. Dark Horse Tech. Next one. Just got started with Dark Horse Tech. Ruben and them have been amazing. Very communicative and so helpful. Another one. Ruben Camp and the team from Dark Horse Tech are the best. Look no further. Here's another one. I hired Ruben Camp with Dark Horse for IT. Dude's an expert. Gets the startup experience and process, knows everything dental, including construction details, and is super responsive. His texts are great, and install team made everything perfect on schedule. I literally haven't worried about anything IT. I don't really need to say anything more, and this isn't a paid plug, but it really was a major factor in our early successes. And starting on time when we had patients already booked through Local med. It's a bigger decision than I thought looking back at it, but it was a great one with Dark Horse Tech. And guys, it goes on and on and on. So if you go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below, you're going to see much more of these testimonials and who's writing them, like actual practice owners and people, what they have to say about Dark Horse Tech. And at the same time, you can check out the exclusive deal, which is first month of service for free. So go in the show notes below, check out Dark Horse Tech's deal. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And one quick thing I wanted to mention, a lot of you have reached out to me about ground marketing. Uh, Ground marketing, I think, is going to be the biggest thing now in 2024. I know a lot of you are wanting to get inside businesses, create more community partnerships, be within the community face-to-face more, one-on-one, do lunch and learns, get inside corporations, uh, provide your membership plans to specific small businesses, all these things. And you've reached out to me a lot, specifically in December, November, about, and now it's blown up. And so I don't know if you know this, but I do provide the ground marketing course. And I know a lot of you might know that. But here's another thing I want to let you know. We don't do promotions because I got that question a lot. Do you have a promotion, a promotion, a promotion? We don't do promotions. But Dr. Tahir Dune and Dr. Chris Green have a book called The Practice Launchpad. And in that book, they interviewed me because I provided ground marketing services for Dr. Dune in the past. And he like loves ground marketing. So it's in the book when it comes to like how to do your startup. So anyways, there's a chapter where I'm talking about ground marketing and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And in there, I don't think a lot of you know this, but in there, there's actually a discount code for $419 off the ground marketing course. I'm going to say that again. It's $419 off the ground marketing course. So like I said, I don't do any promos on the course, but in that book, if you t- if you use the coupon code, which the coupon code is practice launchpad, all lowercase, no spaces, just practice launchpad. If you use that coupon code on the ground marketing course, you will get $419 off. So I'm just going to let you know that right now, okay? And I'm going to put information on that in the show notes below as well. So if you're like, man, I've been wanting to enroll into the ground marketing course, 
but I'm waiting for a promo that Michael's going to do. Michael's never going to do a promo, but there is this deal found inside the book, The Practice Launchpad. But I know a lot of you might not have read the book and all these other things, so I'm just letting you know that that's what the coupon code is for Practice Launchpad. And I'm also going to put a link to the book in the show notes below in case you guys want to, you know what I mean, check it out and stuff like that. But I'm going to put that information in the show notes below, $419 off if you want to check it out. All right. Without further delay, let's get into this episode. Dr. T. How's Dr. it going? T. <laughs> <laughs> when did that start? Uh, here, actually, at my start of practice, uh, my front desk and my team members, they call me Dr. Torres, but sometimes just for short, they're like, Dr. T, we're yeah. ready for you. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot, Dr. T. I like it too. I like it too. Awesome. So real quick, give us a backstory of Miel. Before we dive into your past, present, future, give us a backstory. Your practice is called what? Miel. So Miel Dental Aesthetics. So <laughs> the actual name of the practice, I was back and forth if I wanted my name to be encompassed in the start of practice. But then after like a lot of thinking, I was like, I want something that represents me, but that also I could bring associates in and still be like a brand, right? That I can step away from this brand eventually and bring in associates. So Miel came from my dog, Honey. I have a corgi and I absolutely love her. Her name is Honey. So Miel in Spanish means honey, but Meli also means honey in different languages. So Meli, Miel, Honey is all encompassed and it represents me. It represents the brand Miel Dental Aesthetics. So that's how I came up with the name. I like that. So if somebody were to ask, hey, Mel, do people call you Mel? So professionally, Melissa, family, only Meli. And then like some friends call me Mel. Okay. Okay. Just, just in case if you're like, don't ever call me that right now. <laughs> like as I'm talking no, to you, you know, no. like, oh, sorry, you know, but um. Wondering, you said you wanted your brand to be encompassed in there, right? Uh, when it came to Miel. If you were to tell me right now, hey, this is what my brand is. What yeah, is that? definitely. So the brand itself, like before I opened the practice, I worked heavily on my personal brand. And when I think about that, I kind of merge them together. So when they think of Dr. Melissa Torres, they think of Miel. And when they think of Miel, they think of Dr. Melissa Torres. So the brand itself is beauty confidence, basically self-esteem, boosting. That's the type of like brand I wanted and also like a spa vibe, but also having that type of vibe, but not located in Boston. I wanted the patients in this area to be able to come like maybe like 30 to 40 minutes right outside of Boston to get that service without actually having to travel to Boston, if that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of my patients that come here come here because of the brand that I've built on social media. And they come to see me for specific services, specifically cosmetic services, so they can feel better about themselves, so they can feel beautiful. They'll be able to smile again. And that's what I heavily marketed and branded myself before even opening the doors. Mm, gotcha. Okay, so like beauty, confidence, and the spa vibe. And what area are you in? Peabody, Massachusetts. So like North Shore, Boston. So would yes. you say that area right there, there's not a lot of like your type of vibe? Not my type of vibe. No. A lot of the times patients are like, why aren't you in Boston? And I'm like, because I don't have to be in Boston. I can be right here and offer that service to patients in this area that don't have to travel to Boston. And I actually have a lot of patients from Boston or from New Hampshire, Maine, um, Rhode Island that travel all the way here to come see me. 
Nice. Okay. So you're making it happen. Okay. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? Crazy. Uh, it started at the age of 14, believe it or not. So I ended up going to a vocational high school. And at the vocational high school, I was in between cosmetology and dental assisting. And I was like, what do I want to do? I love to do hair. I love to do makeup. I love like the artsy form. But I also wanted like something that challenged me didactically. And mm -hmm. I found that dental assisting because I was able to like work with my hands. But at the same time, it was like a lot of didactic work. And I was like, this is perfect. The, the mixture of art, but yet I can challenge myself. So I chose dental assisting in high school. And every other week I'd be in clinic and then I would have academics. At the age of 15, I started working as a dental assistant. I was making like, I don't know, like $6 an hour under the table, working like right after school. And like the rest was history from there. I did a lot of dental assisting. I was a dental assistant for about like 18 years, believe it or not. I worked throughout high school, college, and dental school and was an oral surgeon's assistant. I thought I wanted to be a hygienist at some point, but then ended up in dentistry, applied to the DAT and ended up at Howard for dental school. So it's been a long dental journey, 20 plus years. Why did you apply and not stick with like hygiene? You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest. Um, so I applied to hygiene. I got waitlisted. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> None of the schools like wanted me. So I have that mindset that like, if it's, I don't know, and I get this from my best friend, Ashley, if it's, I don't know, it's no. So I wasn't really sure about hygiene school, but the reason why I applied to hygiene school is because I wasn't really confident that I'd get into dental school, but it kind of, they made up my mind in the sense that they put me on a wait list. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do four years of college and go to dental school. Cause that's really what I wanted to do, but I just wanted to see if hygiene school would have been for me. And clearly it wasn't. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah might as well. You're waiting, right? Like I was waiting. Yeah. yeah. When did practice ownership come into place? So 2020, <laughs> the pandemic. So just like everyone else, I felt like a lot of things happened during the pandemic. So I was furloughed for like three to four months. I was at home and I was like, what am I doing with my life? I don't like my associateship. I hate going to work every day. I was making money, but I wasn't like totally like satisfied with my career. And I just sat down every single day and I wrote in my journal and I just started spitting ideas. I wrote this multiple times in my journal, Miel Dental Aesthetics, Miel Dental, Mel Dental Studio. I just wasn't really sure. And I just kept going back to Miel. And I was just like, you know what? I have to do this. I have to open my own practice. So I started writing out like every single detail, what I wanted the space to look like, how many operatories I wanted. Am I going to hire a consultant or am I going to do this on my own? Do I need to look into loans? All of those things just came out of 2020, which is insane. And I still have that journal with all my ideas, the floor plan, what I wanted the space to look like, everything. I drew everything out. Why did you start writing in a journal in the first place? Mindset. I think one of the huge things in um, 2020 that I realized was I was lacking clarity, mm -hmm. lacking clarity in my life and lacking purpose. I felt like I wasn't really fully satisfied with my career. And I've been in dentistry for so long. I was doing a lot of quadrant dentistry. I would see 28 to 30 patients a day. It was kind of like 
it wasn't a DSO, but it was kind of like a privately owned DSO, like the way it was working. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was really burnt out. And I just really was really unhappy with dentistry. I didn't want to be in it anymore. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I started journaling, started journaling like affirmations. What am I grateful for every day? And then I started doing a lot of personal development. So that's why I started journaling. Mm, interesting. I like that. Yeah. Whenever we feel that feeling of burnout. I yeah, it's good. When did you start noticing like it was clarity was the issue? The clarity that was the issue. I feel like I started noticing that during that period of time that I was home and I was coming during COVID. But before then, I was coming home and I was just like always complaining about work, about the associateship. And I would, you know, wake up just on time. There was days I didn't even want to go to work. And that's not who I was. Like, I was always like a go-getter. Let's go to work. Let's make it happen. Let's produce. And I kind of lost that. And I felt like along the way, I felt like I lost myself. I lost clarity. I lost purpose. And when I started realizing, like, what am I doing? Like, is this what I really want? I sat down. I gave myself that space that I needed in order to gain clarity to see where I was going in my career. Because all I knew was my associateship. I didn't think I wanted more than that. So I thought. I didn't think I wanted to practice. I didn't think I wanted to be an owner. But when I knew that that's definitely not what I wanted and I wasn't happy, that's when I knew that I needed to figure out my life. I needed to gain clarity in where am I going and why. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Why didn't you like your associateship? So I had two associateships. So I had one in New Hampshire and I did that for about a year and a half, but the commute was killing me. Mm-hmm. I liked the associateship because it was like implant placement, extractions, a lot of fixed, but the commute was just too much. So then I ended up coming to Massachusetts and staying in Massachusetts four days a week at that associateship for six years. And it just, I would say that the one main thing that really drove me not to like the practice that I worked for was the culture. I feel like it was just really toxic. And I'm not saying like the people that I worked for weren't nice, but I mean, you get one bad apple that can just ruin the entire culture of the practice. And I didn't feel like I was very happy there. And when I come here every single day to work, my team, because I created that culture, it's like, I don't feel like I don't want to come to work. I'm happy to come to work. And I'm happy that my team is happy to come to work because they verbalize that as well. Interesting. Yeah. Can you give us kind of like a outline for us that are listening, right? Like what was so toxic about the culture? Like, can you pinpoint like this is what they did? This is what they were saying? What was happening? Things like that. Yeah. So I think it starts at the top, right? So, you know, accountability, there was no accountability with the employees. So if an employee Mm -hmm. did something or said something that was maybe inappropriate or overstepping boundaries of the lead dentist, the leadership was like, oh, that's just the way she is. Well, no, that's not just the way somebody should be. They should be held accountable for their actions. So I felt like there was a lot of situations like that. A lot of situations of like, he said, she said, a lot of team members disgruntled, a lot of team members not happy. So all of that, it was every day I would come into work and it was just always something. Oh, here we are again. Like, oh, great. We're short staffed or here. this. It was always just something so negative. It was never something like, hi, Dr. T, so nice to see you. Like, here when I come into work, like I don't hear any of that. And I know for a fact, because 
my team would honestly, we have an open door policy. If something's happening, they would come to me. But it was a lot of that, Michael. Like, it was just too much. I was just mm-hmm. like, I can't handle this. This is not the vibe that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of complaining and a lot like of that. complaining and nothing changing. Mm-hmm. Did you ever approach it to like doctor or anything? What would they do? Oh, the partners. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I approached the partners about it. Um, and I think I've always had the mindset that like, although I am an associate, I always thought that for me, I am an associate, but I treated the practice as if it were my own. So I always held my team members that were under me accountable, but it became difficult to hold them accountable when the higher ups don't hold them to that standard. So yeah. it became almost like this friction between me, the employees, and then the leadership. So that was something else that drove me to open my own practice. <laughs> so I can do things my way. Interesting you wanted to open up your practice in the middle of the pandemic, right? Instead of like, oh my gosh, got to get rid of this, right? Kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a whole different kind of like a ballgame, especially that you were writing it all down. It felt like you kind of did a ton of research beforehand before you actually like, all right, I got my loan. Now I got it. Holy crap. I got to fast forward and Find a yeah. consultant. So the consultant, so actually I was like, what are the steps? But I did hire a consultant and the consultant helped me from like start to finish, which hmm. I honestly don't regret one bit. Like, Who was the I, consultant? Ideal practices. Yes. Okay. Did you get like a specific package from them or do they have packages or how does that work? So was it 20? There was only one package. I don't know if they have multiple packages now, but mm-hmm. um, the package that I got basically... So from start to finish, you know, they help you with like finding a loan provider, they help with the budgeting, they have a person that helps with the real estate, Um, they provide you like vendors in the area that you can work with, Um, they help you with the negotiating process, with the lawyers, all of that from like start to finish. So if you're looking for something that like a hand holding process, but at the same time, you do have to do some legwork, I would say they're great. But if you're not looking to invest that amount of money from your working capital, from the loan, then don't do it. Just do it on your own. How much money was it? Uh, I'm going to be honest. It was like around 50, I think. Okay. At the time, like 45, 50 from what I remember. So there is a deposit that you put down, which, you know, isn't too bad. What I did was I kind of used, I had the money, so I had savings. So I kind of used a mixture of my money to start up the project. And then once I had the loan money, I started putting that in. So that's what I would suggest if you are looking to hire a consultant, making sure that you have enough savings for the down payments for all of that in order to even start with a consultant. Yeah. So you started it before your loan. I mean, you started it when you were doing the journaling, right? But then correct, correct. started investing in it. Yes, because in order to secure the consultant, they require deposit. So if you don't have that money, if you don't have that capital, I would say it was probably like, I can't remember. I think it was like anywhere from eleven to 13000 mm-hmm. So it's not cheap, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's 2000 3000 or five. So I would say if you are looking to hire a consultant, if they're requiring that much of a deposit, you should have some money set aside. Because when you're hiring the consultant, you don't have your loan secured yet. At least in my case, I didn't have my loan secured yet. Yeah. Okay. So you secured the consultant with your savings and then you got the loan? Yes. Then I got the loan. Okay. Yeah. So once you hire your consultant, Ideal specifically, when you hire Ideal, then you start looking like they set you up with, for me, I had Mike. So Mike was my real estate guy. So Mm -hmm. we did like demographics. 
Um, we started looking at spaces, where I wanted to be specifically, where I wanted to practice and how far away I wanted to live. Obviously, that has changed a lot because my life has changed a lot since I've opened the doors. So at the time, I was just living 20 minutes away from the practice. Now we're looking at probably an extra 10 minutes, which is not bad. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you go through all that process, you do all of that. Once you see the space and you have the square footage and you kind of have an idea, then they put you in to secure the loan. So that way you know what numbers you you need and how much money you need to borrow. Was there anything, Melissa, like in the situation when you have a consultant where you're like, I don't think that's right. But the consultant's like, no, trust me, let's do it. And you do yeah, it. I mean, I think with any situation, whether you're dealing with the consultant or if you're dealing with the contractors or the subcontractors, you do have to be like super firm and on it. Like you have to be on it because if you're not on it, you're just letting them drive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're letting them like take the wheel and just go with it. You have to stay on top of it. You have to look at the numbers. Even when you're looking at budgeting and equipment, they could recommend something but you'll be like, nope, that's not going to fit in the budget. Obviously, they're at your best interest. But at the same time, you need to like make sure that you're double checking everything. And that was the same thing. I would recommend it even with the same thing when you're looking at contractors. So when you're looking at contractors, you secure a contractor. They give you an initial kind of like bid of what everything is going to cost. And then they come back like two months later. Oh, flooring went up, flooring this, this, yeah. no. This is what you gave me. This is what you're going to honor. Go back to your subcontractor and figure it out. That's how it has to be. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. a, that's how I deal with it, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And yeah. every time you did that, was it like, oh, you're right. I'm, let me go back and let me do it. And then it came back perfect or? There was always pushback. But you know what? This is what you gave me. You need to go back. I don't know if I can swear, but I can be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on purpose because, you know, like your first time business owner, which that was me. I'm a woman, which that is me. And a lot of these, and I'm not being like sexist or anything, a lot of these business people that you're working with, they're males. So sometimes, I mean, I've, Michael, like, you don't understand, like, when I was going through all this process, I got some weird, like, feedback from like signage men, like companies, like being so disrespectful to me. It was a lot. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like easy, at least in New England, because they're crazy out here. They do not care. But yeah, no, that's difficult, man. Kudos to you, because I'm the type of guy who like, I don't even want to return something at Target. And I'm like, oh, we'll just leave it that way that I saw the price. Like the biggest advice is don't stay quiet. Make sure you review every single thing. Even if your consultant is on your side, always double check everything and question it because you're learning through the process. Same thing with the contractors. Okay, I like that. So then how much was your loan in total? In total, everything $650. So the space that I have right now is 2080 external, internal by the time, I think it was like 1980 so or 1900. I kind of lost some square footage there. Mm-hmm. So it's built out for six ops. Three are outfitted currently. And I got DCI equipment. So I made sure that I shopped. Like I was like definitely on a budget. And I think my working capital, Michael, by the time I budgeted everything, I think I had like 80,000 to start when the doors opened. So it wasn't mm-hmm. too bad. No, 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 not bad at all. And then when the doors opened, was it like crickets or was it more like, okay, we're doing this, we're making it happen. I'm seeing beautiful stuff here or? No, it was crickets. I think I would have like literally died. <laughs> thank, God. <laughs> thank God it wasn't crickets and it, it hasn't been crickets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like, I'm not going to lie here and be like, yeah, I'm banging out hundred new patients a month. Like that's not my dental practice, but it's also not the model that I envisioned. So I do accept insurances, but I do also like, I'm a more mixed fee for service PPO practice. So I have a lot of patients that come and they pay out of pocket for my services. I knew what I wanted and I knew on the front end, my growth might be a little bit slower than a practice that's heavily PPO or mm-hmm. a practice that's in a better demographic area. The numbers are lower or whatever have you, more favorable. So I would say, honestly, I would say anywhere from 30 to 35 new patients uh, consistently since the doors have been opening a month. When I first opened a lot of new patients, it's been pretty consistent I mean, September was September. I didn't really Mm. have that many patients, but it's been pretty consistent. So I cannot complain, but I am looking for that boost to happen at some point. Gotcha. What did you do before you opened the doors to make sure, you know what I mean? Like on day one, boom, people were walking in. Yeah. The one thing that honestly helped me was just building that personal brand, like being present on social media consistently. So at my associateship, that was another thing that like they did not like that I was branding myself separately from their group, whatever have you. I was bringing money. I was bringing in patients for them. But, you know, I built my own website. Um, I branded myself. I had my own logo. I would uh, post pictures of my before and afters on my Instagram. And that literally just brought a following. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And just kind of creating that like sense of urgency or sense of like, I want that and I want to see her and I don't care where she is. I'm going to come see her. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of personal brand I started at the associateship. So patients started coming through the doors. And then when I left my associateship last year, I decided I'm quitting. I'm going straight into this. You know, I started building the I'm opening my own practice, followed me on the construction journey, joined the VIP waitlist, and it just started there. And I kept going and I kept going. TikTok and Instagram are my best friend. <laughs> okay. So advice for people is start the personal branding now. Oh, absolutely. If you haven't started personal branding yourself, you're late to the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah. That's how a lot of patients that come through the doors, like my front desk asks, how did you hear about us? Instagram, how did you hear about us? TikTok, how did you hear about us? Oh, my friend told me about you on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. that's mainly where they're coming from. And when I first opened my doors, I had zero marketing, like no marketing ad dollars. I mean, like no Google ads, no nothing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's all been through prison. Nice, Melissa, that's awesome. Throughout this process, I guess throughout your startup process till today, what's been some like the best companies you worked with and the worst companies or the ones that just didn't vibe with you? Let's see. Best companies that I work with. Okay. So let's start off with my consulting team because I feel like if I didn't have my consulting team, I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) So ideal practices. Thank you. Shout out to you guys. Um, My other best company that I absolutely love was my design girl. I freaking love her. Her name is Cheyenne. She helped me design the entire practice and she's based out of Ohio. Uh, Her company is called Identify Designs. She helped me with like everything from picking out furniture, Mm. um, pictures, and she was all remote too. She did come visit once. And obviously, if you want her to visit, you can. 
but she helped me with everything in the practice and it's absolutely gorgeous. My IT team, Dark Horse, uh, I love them. Honestly, they're so, so, so responsive from like start to finish from like the beginning when they came, they installed everything. Located, I think, base upstate New York, but they have like technicians all over the States now from what I hear. I think they're growing, mm-hmm. right? I love them. I'm still with them. Those are, I'd say, I said three, right? Those are my top three. Top three, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Dark Horse, why are you still with them? Like, are you still on the initial package? Even still on their initial startup package. Yeah, their initial startup package. I feel like anytime there was some issues I was having initially with, I can't remember. It was my Cisco something. I don't know if it was Mm -hmm. not the server. I think it was the router. I was having some issues with that. And I kept my Wi-Fi kept going up. And they finally helped me with that. I haven't had any issues at all with like basically any IT issues, but I do keep them because they've been super reliable from the beginning. For me, I think the pricing is worth it because if something were to go wrong, I know that I can depend on them. So. Yeah. No, definitely. Awesome. And then yeah. were you negotiating with other IT companies at that time or no? Yeah, I was. I was. And I kept going back to Ruben. <laughs> Why? What What was the like the thing where you're like, let me see what was in your checklist where you're like, hey, for IT, I got to have this or. I felt like every time I went back when I was negotiating. So I negotiated with some local vendors here. Mm-hmm. They were outrageous. I think the main thing that drew me back to Dark Horse was they were reasonably priced, in my opinion, because I'm in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. All of the bids I were getting were like thirty to 50000 Oh, wow. I was like, that's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I remember going back and forth with our course. I'm like, you need to get this number down. You need to get this number down. <laughs> yeah. And they were like the only ones that actually like made it work. So they were really, really good with making my budget work. That's yeah. cool. Is their response time pretty good? Like whenever yes. you have an emergency? Yeah, so they have like in the lower right corner of each computer, you can just like create a ticket, like a submitted ticket, and they mm-hmm. get right back to you via email and then they call. Depending on the priority, right? If it's something like, oh, change an email, they're not going to get right back to you. But if it's something like my server's down or something, my easy ray is not working or my sensor's not working, they're going to get right back to you. Awesome. Okay, so then those are the companies that you say are the best. Right. Yeah, I would say those are the best companies that I worked for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that worked for me. Yeah, that, that worked that, that you're currently that are with, working right? for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the worst ones now. The worst ones. Or maybe ones that just didn't. You're like, this is not a good partnership. So I wouldn't say the worst ones because I'm trying to figure out like which ones I'm still not with. Like, I was trying to see. Hold on. So what other vendors are there? So there's... There's a ton. Like, I don't know. It depends on like third-party softwares. If you use any of those review companies, um, so, it can even be like, I don't know, whatever, you know, contractors. Well, because like, I feel like every company that I worked with, I actually liked because I vetted them out. Like, so Casper, I use Casper, mm-hmm. love Casper. I uh, have Open Dental, love Open Dental. I'm trying to think of what else, what other vendors um, that you usually start off with. So... My marketing team um, was Transcendental. I love Transcendental. So they actually helped me with like all my business cards and everything like that. Love Nicole. Full disclosure, love her, love the company, but we're no longer with the company. I actually don't have a marketing team right now. (laughs) Everybody's going to play right now. Hey, you need to watch this. You know know what's really funny is Uh that I have, like, I'm really like, kind of like, I'm like a very boutique-y practice, Mm. but... 
I'm very like lean. Like I kind of leaned out the practice. So that's good though. So I felt like, you know, the marketing, like she helped me on the front end, the video, the pictures, like opening the practice. She helped me so, so much, but I felt like it wasn't even like the company wasn't doing a bad job. It was just, I just honestly, from the front end, from the financial portion, I had to keep that in-house. So mainly that's, is that the reason why you, I guess, dropped them? Okay. Because I was trying to figure out what I needed to cut financially to kind of keep more money in the pocket of Miel Dental Aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, my Instagram and my socials, they were doing that thing. And they Mm -hmm. still are doing its thing, you know, financially for the business just didn't make sense. So why, why do you feel like you needed to start, I guess, cutting down? Did you feel like you're hitting a point where you're like, oh my gosh, my bottom line is way too high or are, are you struggling or what? Why? No, I think it was just honestly, my father, he's very business savvy. And I sat down with him and we just, a startup is a startup, right? Usually startups don't really profit, right? Mm-hmm. Or even break even. Can take months, it could take a year, it could take two years. And I knew what I wanted within the practice. I knew that I wanted to either break even or start profiting like quickly. Mm-hmm. So month one, I broke even and I've been breaking even and profiting pretty much almost every month. I'm going to be honest. Nice. There was like, I think... October and maybe September, that was like maybe negative 2000, like maybe that, but most months. Yeah. So I start looking at the numbers, starting cutting down where I need, like I have a budget for like every single thing within the practice. And it's more just so that I'm working smarter and making sure that I can grow this practice quicker. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So those were the companies. And then right now, currently, how many employees do you have? I have. One, two, three, four, four. Okay, four. And their positions are what? Yeah, so I have two dental assistants. I have one front office and I have a hygienist. And then I have a corgi. She comes in sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I need the corgi. How'd you find the employees? I found my employees. So let's see. Okay, I found my assistant, Jen, on Instagram. So Hmm. she was on my VIP wait list and she wanted to become a patient. So she applied for the position for front office. And, you know, I saw her, I saw her demeanor, I saw her drive. And I was just like, honestly, you're so calming. I want you in the back with me. Mm. I was like, I need you in the back with me to be my assistant. She had no experience, Michael, zero experience. Her major is marketing. Oh, nice. So I hired her on a whim, no experience. I was like, I'll train you from scratch. She was like, okay. (laughs) So done deal. My front desk, I hired a very experienced girl mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved her. I offered her here in Massachusetts, front desks are like asking a lot of money. So I had offered her on the higher end, the higher 20s. Mm-hmm. And two weeks before opening, she quit. Are you serious? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Actually, higher 20s is a lot, like at least for, like I never got that, but interesting. Quit. So you know what? It all worked out because it wasn't in the budget anyways. I don't know what I was thinking. So Mm -hmm. I ended up going back on Indeed and I found my front office on Indeed and she had no experience. I call her. I loved her, like the way she was speaking. She told me she was, her background was nursing. So she was basically a nursing assistant. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's compassionate and she's patient and she's nice. Um, I was like, can you meet me right now for a front office interview. She's like, I'll be down there at Starbucks in five minutes. Okay. 
I met her. You know, I was like, it's perfect. That night I hired her. She took the job, didn't know insurance, didn't know anything about dentistry. Only thing she had a background was collections. I was like, perfect. She could collect. That's all that matters. So both team members, zero experience, trained them at Staples, taught them teeth numbers. Taught them everything. And I was so stressed out, Michael, because I was like, how am I going to teach them everything? They don't know anything. It's two weeks before opening. I was like in a pure panic. And that's Mm -hmm. how I found two of my first employees. Um, My third employee, Alec, I hired off Instagram. (laughs) Instagram too. Wow. Yes. So his friend found me and then was like, you should DM her. She's looking for a second assistant. So he's a dental lab technician, but has history of dental assisting. So he does have background. So he does a lot of like my hands on, like he does like all my night guards. He does the dentures, denture adjustments. He'll do Mm -hmm. like temporary veneers, temporary crowns. He does all that stuff for me. So it's, it's really good. He's really, really hands on. And then my hygienist is actually my cousin's wife. Oh, <laughs> so nice. So she works here per diem whenever I need her. So it's nice. So if like the schedule doesn't fill for hygiene, she doesn't have to come in and she's okay with it. So mm-hmm. I have to pay a hygienist to sit around and do nothing, which is really nice. So she's yeah. doing solid. Nice. Okay. So my overhead low. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram. No, that's good. That You know, when you're yeah. not stressing out about the hygienist and like filling yeah. up her schedule all the time or, you know, what are you doing kind of thing. The employee who quit, did you ever find out why she quit? You know, what's really funny, Michael. She told me that it was life things, like her personal life, this and that. And that's the reason why she couldn't commit to the position. She emailed me like two months ago asking for the position. What did you tell her? No. (laughs) It was filled. She's like, you know, I was going through a really rough time in my life. I wasn't really sure, but I really want this position again. No. Mm, no yeah good lesson for her though i mean like you can't just like yeah hop in whenever you want like hey i'm here i want the job now sorry no can do yeah (laughs) that's too weird that's too weird interesting okay so then we fast forward a little bit yeah and you mentioned life has changed a lot since you opened your practice yes can we dive a little bit deeper into that yeah of course it's definitely something that i can talk about now i would say it's been, oh my God, how many months has it been? March, June, July. It's almost like eight months, I think. It's crazy. Oh, wow. And eight sure. months. I'm doing the math now. But my husband passed away unexpectedly in April. I opened March 8th and he passed away at the end of April. So it was crazy, Michael, because when I opened the doors, the practice was booming. Everything was great. Everything was just like out of this world, awesome. And everything was going right. So I thought everything was going right in my life. Like I struggled for two years opening this practice. There were so many delays in opening the practice. And then all of a sudden my husband gets really sick out of nowhere and then just passes away. And I think it was like the most, I know it was the most terrible times of my life. Like I thought that I was going to lose the practice. I thought that like, everything, like my whole world was just coming down on me. And I was like, how can I have something so good in life? And then yet, so something so shitty happened to me at the same time. There was days like I couldn't even get out of bed and I just couldn't see the light. I took only two weeks off of work and I knew that I had to get back into work because if I stayed home, I would just be so depressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say 
going back to that clarity and finding purpose is so important because I felt like, and I know this for sure, that if I didn't have clarity and if I didn't have purpose in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be here talking to you on this podcast. I'm telling you, Michael, it takes a lot and it does a lot. And it's it was very traumatic what I went through and to be able to like get back into it and keep going. It's yeah. a lot. No, yeah. I mean, and I'm so sorry, but like, I can't say like, oh, yeah, I relate. You know what I mean? Because I can't. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea how when my wife died, it'd be it. So I guess going through those motions, what started helping you to get out of? And I know you're talking about like in the past you journaled, right? Or you, you probably still right. journal. I mean, like, was it hanging out with friends or what to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest and I'll be transparent. Like therapy, I started therapy right away. Yeah. Therapy sessions, I do them weekly. They're very, very helpful. And I think therapy just helps in general. Like if you have a really, really high stress life and most dentists do, they're practice owners. Um, there's a lot to balance. There's like family, there's the practice, there's stress, there's finances, thinking that you're not going to make payroll. There's so many things that could happen and unexpected death. Like for instance, my husband, therapy helps. Therapy helps my family, my best friends. Um, three of my best friends are dentists and they were all there for me. And through that process, Michael, you lose people too. You lose mm. friends, friends that you thought that would be there for you that weren't there for you. So I honestly think everything happens for a reason, good or bad, terrible as it sounds. But all of those things that I did to, you know, develop myself, my mindset, uh, the purpose and everything, obviously all aligns to today. Yeah. And that's crazy, Melissa, though, like to just unexpected. Can I ask, like, you said he just got sick? Cardiac arrest. Just mm-hmm. like, just there? Like, it was... He was um, 37. Wow. Man, yeah. that's crazy. That's so, like, it's unexpected. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, listening to you, for real, like, honestly, not even just saying this because we're just, like, on a podcast, but, like, makes me put my, like, I got to start doing things, like, now. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it puts a lot of things into perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would say was, like just find like happiness, do things that make you happy, like focus on you, do things that make you happy. Tomorrow's never promised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that changed, right? What Very. else changed in your, I mean, not to say like what else, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. besides that, what else has been changing since you opened your practice? Yeah. I mean, a lot of things have changed. Um, so I moved. So I no longer live where I was living. Um, and that's where kind of like I told you, like, Things may appear like you have everything clearly. Like I was like, I want clarity. I want this. This is where I want this. But things change. So I thought I wanted to live here on the North Shore, on the water, have a beach house. I'm going to be quite honest. I just moved November 27th and I'm back at home with my parents right now. I thought, like I said, Michael, I thought my life was going one way. I thought I was going, you know, up, up and up, starting my own business maybe get my own home. And I felt like at some point there are days still, Michael, that are very difficult. Like I look and I'm like, I feel like my life is going backwards, not forward. But I have to keep, you know, thinking optimistically and positive that everything is going to get better. And I know it's going to get better. It's getting better every single day. Yeah. Why do you feel like that, Melissa? Why is it, do you feel like things are going backwards? Well, I felt like, you know, obviously when my husband passed away, my late husband away, like that was, terrible. And I don't wish that upon anyone. What I thought life was no longer was like, if that makes sense. 
Mm, okay. So ever since like your husband passed away is what you mean, right? Kind of thing. Right. You know, you thought you were going to live this life with this person for the rest of your life. And now that person's gone. So now I am going backwards in a sense, but yet forward. I don't know if that makes get, any sense. Yeah. And I know it's going to get better and it's already getting better. I don't want to disclose this, but at the same time, like I put in an offer for a place and I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So that's exciting. I got it actually today. I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? Nice. Congrats. Yeah. It overlooks the water. Oh, wow. And that's, that's what beautiful. I told you I wanted. So yeah. things are aligning, I guess. Really good things are happening. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I could, I get you 100%. You're not moving backwards then. You no, know what I mean? no. It's, it's at more... one point, I thought I was moving backwards, you know? Yeah. You're just honestly like transitioning. You know what I mean? Like when you're skipping a rock, the rock is going right. you know, in straight, right. but the water is getting unclear for a bit. So right. you feel right. like what's happening, but you're moving forward, Melissa. We're moving really forward. Good. Yeah. We're moving yeah. forward. There's a couple bumps in the road, and that's how I was feeling through the motions, but we're moving forward. Yeah. No, congrats. That's going to be exciting too. And then I know you compete, right? I competed once. Com- I used to compete. So really? I know you- yeah. Uh-huh. So funny. So I competed once uh-huh. last year and that's it. Only once. That's it. <laughs> never again. Never again. You never again. It. it was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of 4 a.m. I don't mind the 4 a.m. But it was a lot of eating, a lot of restrictions, um, but it was a great time. What and- was your cardio at, at time-wise besides your weight training? At max, it was 90 minutes. Oh my gosh. Nightfall plus like the hour of like. Plus the hour of lifts. And that's tough. The max, I think it was like like maybe a couple of weeks right before the show. It was 90 minutes on the Stairmaster and I would break it up. Jeez. When you got off stage, you're like, all right, this is what we're going to eat. What was that? Chocolate cake. I ate chocolate cake for like three weeks straight. (laughs) I don't know what it was. You know, the Matilda <laughs> chocolate cake, you know, the Matilda, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I wanted to do was just stuff myself with chocolate cake. <laughs> but I really wanted pasta and I really wanted a burger. Yeah. That's when you know it hits you hard. When you're like, but rice? When you eat it, it's like you feel so sick because your stomach's not used to it. All mm-hmm. the green stuff. So I had to kind of like eat half. But yeah. I wasn't like, for me, I was super lean. I forget like the percent body fat. I think it was like 15 or something like that. Yeah, super lean. I was so lean and I look back now and I'm like, holy crap, I was so skinny, but muscular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's lean. And like, I was so moody and you know what I mean? You're always like, and you oh. just want like a little bowl of rice. You're like, coach, can I have this rice, please? You oh, know what I'm mean? hungry. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My coach would be like, you get three pieces of gum. So I was only able to chew three pieces of gum if I ever was like, I'm hungry. You know, he's like, oh, she wouldn't even let me eat gum. <sighs> she was like, no gum. It creates more hunger. Maybe it did. I don't know. Cause it did. I was like, I'm hungry, man. Yeah. But that's respect. You know, to me, that shows like, man, you have a lot of discipline. You put in the grit, you have delayed gratification, you have good focus, all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can yeah. come just from we work out. Oh yeah, for sure. And the one thing that I would say that I'm so happy is like that my body comp is like completely different <laughs> now than it was like ever. So even if I do gain weight, like I still kind of look you know what mm-hmm. I mean? My muscles, I can still feel it. And my clothes still fit. They fit so different from like, I'm the same way I was pre-show. But my body composition is completely different. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you want to do it, do it to change body composition, right? More right. than anything. That's more what gives us the confidence than like, oh, I just lost a ton of weight. Right. But awesome, Melissa. So any final words or pieces of advice that you want to give to our listeners? I would say be badass and just do it. If you're thinking about open a practice, just do it. If you're struggling with the practice, 
It's okay. It's going to get better. Just figure out your pain points and find solutions and just know that you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> There's a startup community here to help you. And I totally understand your pains if you are going through any pains. But just remember every day you get to wake up and be your own boss. Nice. Awesome. And then quick shout out to one of Melissa's best friends, Ashley. Ashley Dawson. That's my girl. Love you. Ashley and her, her baby. Did you see her baby? I'm going to go visit in January. I got to figure out a date. Congrats, Ashley. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. Awesome, Melissa. So if anybody had any questions or concerns, where can they find you? Dr. Melissa Torres on Instagram. So Dr. Melissa Torres on Instagram. They can DM me or you guys can email me inquiries at drmelissatorres.com. Awesome. So guys, that's going to be in the show notes below. So definitely check it out. And Melissa, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Michael. And we'll hear from you soon. Yeah, take care. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. And I just would like to express my heartfelt thanks to you, Melissa. Thank you for opening up about your powerful journey, sharing your story with us. I mean, your resilience and determination amidst personal and professional challenges are truly irreplaceable lessons for all of us. And if anything, remember Melissa's words, just do it. If you're struggling with the practice, it's okay. It's going to get better. Just remember every day you get to wake up and be your own boss. Now, if you want to reach out to Melissa, click on her links in the show notes below. And at the same time, don't forget, if you're looking for IT solutions custom tailored to your dental practice, give Dark Horse Tech a look. They're giving you one month of service for free. A ton of services are included with that. But at the same time, first and foremost, go in the show notes below. Click the first link in the show notes below. Check out Dark Horse Tech and see what everybody else is saying about them. And if you love everything that you're looking at, then definitely give them a call. Schedule something to give them a call and see how they can provide IT solutions for you. And that's going to be the first link in the show notes below. And also, I want to remind you, don't forget, remember, ground marketing is it's blowing up even more and more in 2024. I know a lot of you are trying to make these personal connections with the businesses. And maybe you're like, hey, I want to get into Starbucks. I want to get employees from Starbucks. I want to get employees from the Amazon warehouse. I want to get employees from all these small businesses around me, plastic surgeons, other medical offices, hospitals, urgent cares, right? Schools. Well, the ground marketing course teaches you how to do that. But remember that we never run a promo, but at the same time, the book, The Practice Launchpad, in there, it talks about a specific deal. So if you use the coupon code, Practice Launchpad, you will get $419 off the ground marketing course. And I'm gonna put a link to the Practice Launchpad book in the show notes below, but at the same time, tell you the information and what you need to do, the coupon code and everything like that in the show notes below too, so you can go ahead and take advantage of the ground marketing course right now and start 2024, hit the ground running, literally, right? By doing ground marketing effectively, attracting new patients, literally within the week, you can attract new patients. So yeah, that's all gonna be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's amazing to me how much this podcast has grown. And I really, really appreciate everything you do to share it, but at the same time, just to listen. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the podcast and I'll talk to you in the next episode.